54. Today, for our understanding, look at verse 14 through 17. Isaiah 54, verse 14 through 17. I'd like, I'd like to believe that the Lord is going to shed a, a fresh insight on an often uh, quoted passage of Scripture. Isaiah 54, verse 14. Let's read together. Ready? Read. Uh huh. Good. If anyone stirs up strife, it is not from me. Whoever stirs up strife with you shall fall because of you. Verse 16. Behold, I have created the smith who blows the fire of coals and produces a weapon for its purpose. I have also created the ravager to destroy. Verse 17. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication from me declares the Lord. Everybody say with me, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. I thank you, Lord, for uh, your presence that is so faithfully, Lord, here to minister to our hearts, to draw our attention, Lord, back to you. We are so distracted, Lord, and oftentimes even distraught by the things, the circumstances, the troubles of life, the cares of life, and everything that comes with it. Today, Lord God, I pray that you would realign our hearts, Lord, and our affections that we would be encouraged and strengthened by the promise of your word. Father, I pray that we would draw strength this morning from your word. Minister, Lord, I pray to each and every heart, give us ears to hear, a heart to receive, Lord, and grace to apply this word to our walk. I pray that your people today would be edified and that your great name be glorified. Anoint me, Lord, and give me strength to teach it like you gave it to me. And this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. Charles Spurgeon, that's not going to be on the screen, in regards to Isaiah 54, he wrote the following. He said, try and suck all of the sweetness that you can out of this chapter while we read it. The personal application of a promise to the heart by the Holy Spirit is that which is wanted. The honey in Jonathan's wood never enlightened his eyes until he dipped the point of his rod into it and tasted it. Try and do the same. This chapter is the wood wherein every burrow doth drip with virgin honey. Sip taste, and be satisfied. That ministered to me because as I was preparing this week to minister this word, this promise from God, I was mindful of this. Every word in the, in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, everything that we find here, every promise that we find in the word of God is for us. You should take it. You should believe it. You should govern your life by it. Even those that find their ultimate fulfillment in Israel, and many of the Old Testament prophecies, many of the promises that we find in the prophetic books are specifically given and directed towards Israel. Now, are we Jews? The answer is no, unless there's a Jew here this morning. However, it's not God's purpose is not that we turn a blind eye and say that isn't for me. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? We draw strength from the promises of God's word. We read the word of God. And even those that find their ultimate fulfillment in Israel's restoration, we draw strength from that promise because the same God 
that makes the promise to Israel keeps us as well. The same God that gives them the promise allows us to appropriate those very promises. And that for you, my friend, ought to, ought to cause uh, a, a desire to give God praise for every promise. There's an old gospel song that says, every promise in the book is mine. We've never sung it here at ALC, but I love that old song, every promise is in the book is mine. And thank God that whatever we find in the word of the Lord, you can draw strength from that promise. Somebody say amen. amen. This is one of those times. And what we're going to see this morning in our text is a great and amazing contrast. A contrast uh, as to the words that Isaiah writes and Considering, while considering the attack of his adversaries, Ahaz, Sennacherib, men that, men that would strike fear if it, if, it, if it was not for God into the heart of Isaiah, and God would give him a promise in the face of his enemies that no weapon formed against him would prosper. That's amazing. What we see today in Isaiah 54 are words that Isaiah shouldn't even be confident to write considering the the attack of his own enemies. Let's look at the scripture. Because today I, we're going to see something that stands out that I think is often overlooked in this promise of protection. And while I say that, let's understand, first of all, that God, number one, God promises our protection. Praise Jesus, God promises our protection. Somebody say, I am protected. <laughs> oh, God promises our protection while we are surrounded by a world that is hostile to the gospel, we can be assured in the year 2019 that God still promises my protection. And should the Lord tarry in the year 2035, God will still promise my protection. That's amazing. God promises our protection. Look at verse 14 now. Let's break down the text. Verse 14 says, In righteousness, somebody say righteousness, in righteousness, what? You shall be established. Don't miss this. Because when, 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 when we hear Isaiah 54, 17 preached, seldom is the righteousness of God really, really emphasized like it should be. Please hear me. We can spend days talking about the formation or the fashioning of weapons. What you hear little uh, dealt with in the text is the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God as it pertains to your protection has a huge part to play. I want you to get that. The righteousness of God as it pertains to our protection has a huge part to play. Look at the context of what Isaiah is saying. Verse 14 says, in righteousness you shall be established. And then he goes on to say, you shall be what? Far from oppression. You ought to believe the word of God. You shall be far from oppression, even though sometimes it doesn't seem that way. It's a promise. You will be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. Wow. What do you do when your life or what you're living doesn't match God's promise? You believe God's promise over what you're living. What do you do when you don't feel like what the word of God says? You believe the word of God over your feelings. Two amens here. Don't ever believe your feelings over what God says in his word, ever. Your feelings will lie to you all day. I said your feelings will lie to you all day. In fact, it is the job of your feelings to contradict almost every time what God says in his word. And that's why the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight because, because God knows and our enemy knows that we are so driven by emotion instead of what God has said in his word. 
We're so driven by circumstantial winds that the word of the Lord has to be our anchor. The anchor holds, like the song says, though the ship is battered, the anchor holds. What's, what is our anchor? The word of the Lord. Nothing else is going to hold fast. Only the word of God will endure forever. Your ship is going to be torn and battered. Nobody said amen to this. Your ship might be torn and battered, but the anchor holds. It's steadfast. The word of the Lord abides forever. I, I, I wrote in the, in the inscription of a Bible that I gave away. I said, brother, people will fail you. Situations and circumstances will fail you. Everything will fail, but the word of the Lord will never fail you. Hold on to that word. When you read a promise and it contradicts what you're living, take God's word over what you feel, even over what you're going through. God, give me grace to trust your word. Even when I don't feel like these things are coming to pass. In righteousness, you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression. You shall not fear. Somebody say, I shall not fear. You'll be far from terror, for it shall not come near you. Now, Isaiah writes these. If you're familiar with his enemies, he writes these. Watch it now. While dealing with the oppression of Ahaz. <laughs> that ministers to me. Because that tells me that we can be face-to-face with oppressive, with oppression and oppressive enemies and still say, I can live without fear. I have adversaries that are oppressing me, but I can live without fear. That's what Isaiah is writing. In the face of the oppression of Ahaz, the fear and the terror caused by Sargon, another enemy of Isaiah and Israel. It says, I will not fear because in righteousness I will be established. So God is saying, put it up there. So God is saying, as long as you are established in righteousness, you have, Isaiah, nothing to fear. Come on, Israel, as long as you are established in my righteousness, you have nothing to fear. You need not fear Ahaz. You need not fear Sennacherib. You need not fear, come on, your adversary, as long as you are what? Established in righteousness. Love that. Somebody shout, I have nothing to fear. Now, second service is about to come after this service. And, and what, I, what I felt led to really lay on second service is this reality. This promise is not just a blanket promise for everybody. This promise is the inheritance of the servants of the Lord. Verse 15. If anyone stirs up strife, it's not for me. Whoever stirs up strife with you shall fall because of you. Here's another contrasting statement of Isaiah. Again. Sargon, Sennacherib, they rested on the fact. Watch it now. Isaiah was able to rest on the fact that his enemies, even his enemies, listen to this, were instruments in God's hands. You got to hear this. Isaiah rested on the fact that even his enemies were nothing more than instruments in the hand of God. If you take, if you take that little gem and hide it in your heart today, my God, it'll strengthen you. You can look at your enemy and be like, you're an instrument in the hand of my God. My life is not, come on, my life is not in your hand. My life is in the hand of God, and even my enemies are nothing more than instruments. My enemies are nothing more than instruments. My enemies are nothing more than instruments in the hands of God. What a truth. If anyone stirs up strife, it's not for me. Whoever stirs up strife with you shall fall because of you. Verse 16, I love it. Ready? Behold, I get it. Behold, I have. Here it is. Come on. Behold, I. Who's I, God? The word the Lord there in Hebrew is his proper name, Yahweh. 
Behold, I, I, have created the, I have created the smith who blows the fire of the coals and the one who produces a weapon for its purpose. I created him. I've also created the ravager to destroy. That means that the axe, the hammer, the sword, the ravagers of the earth, they are formed by our master. Incredible. And those who would form those weapons, love it. Those who would form those weapons are in the hands of God. God created them. God's saying, I'm the one who created the one who forms the weapons. Think of this. Their power is derived from me. So how is it that we're able to rest? How is it that we are able to live a life without fear? Because God's the one who created the one who formed the weapons. Our father is the one who formed and creates the blacksmith, the one who beats that thing into a sword. He created him. Our father is the one who created the one who forms and fashions the weapons that are used against us. That's a blessing to me. Even my enemies are instruments in the hands of God. That tells us, put it up there, that even the weapons then, even the weapons and the devices of our enemies are nothing more than instruments in God's hands. That's all they are. Even the weapons and the devices of our enemies, they're nothing more than instruments in God's hands. Not the enemy's hands, God's hands. I grew up and I was taught and I, was, I really had the understanding that it was my obligation to fight off the weapons of my enemy. I was taught and led to believe that ultimately my wherewithal, my religious uh, due diligence was, would, would be uh, the thing that would keep me from the attack of my enemy. And even though it wasn't explicitly stated, we were led to believe that victory came through something that I would be able to accomplish on my own. Whether it was prayer, fasting, reading God's word more, word more giving more, serving more, the emphasis was always placed back on me. The onus to victory was led or laid at my feet. There's a problem with that understanding, first of all, because if that's the case, then whatever victory is won, ultimately, we're able to say, I had part in this. That, my friend, is a slippery slope because God, all throughout the word, reminds his people, I'm jealous and I don't share my glory. Y'all get no glory, I get all glory. What do you mean, isn't, it, isn't it, that's not fair? No, it's completely fair. And while I'm on the subject, somebody said, in regards to going to heaven and salvation and even the doctrine of election, well, is it fair for people to be kept out of heaven? Is, is that really fair for them to be kept out of heaven because they don't do certain things or because they don't believe in Jesus? Friend, let's make something clear. Fairness would be for the whole world to go to hell. God would be fair in sending all of us to hell. That would be complete justice. So we go to heaven not because God is fair. You don't want God to be fair. You're not hearing me this morning. You do not want God to be fair with you. God is not fair with us. If God was fair with the world, everybody goes to hell and none of us has a plea. We're not going to heaven based on God's fairness. We're going to heaven based on God's mercy. What do we deserve? Hellfire. What are we given? Salvation. Who gets the glory? Jesus. Let's say this again, and somebody needed to hear this because this isn't even in the notes. What do we deserve? Hellfire. What have we been given? Salvation. Who gets the glory? 
Jesus. Nobody's going to get to heaven and say, ha, I did it. I wish you'd hear me. Nobody's going to shake Peter's hand and be like, hey, Peter, I did it. No, my friend, Jesus paid it all. <laughs> I love it. I'm not going to walk into heaven. Just to be like, hey, praise God, I met the mark. <laughs> Woo, I did it. I fulfilled all the requirements. If it's true about salvation, it's also true about our safety and protection. You're out here. I'm a, I, 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 got, I got a guard against it. No, 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 my friend. The promise of protection comes from God. Somebody say, God protects me. This is the word today, and I, it might be simple in your understanding, but this is so necessary. Somebody say, God is my protector. Tell your neighbor, and even if you have an empty chair, tell your empty chair, God is my protector. And the weapons of your enemy, instruments in the hands of God. And by that I mean that God even will allow your enemy to strike a blow at times, but here's his ultimate promise. If your enemy is allowed to strike a blow, it's for your good and his glory, even then. Woo! No blow will be, no blow will come near to you. You won't be, he won't allow your enemy to strike you. And if he does allow him to strike you, guess what? It's for a purpose. You don't have to like this. It's a fact. Get Wednesday's teaching. Babylon at times is necessary. Not for your destruction. But for your salvation and deliverance. A lot of times we fail to see that, God, man, this warfare, these things that are happening, even my enemies, they're in your hands. So, God, my enemies are instruments in your hand, so mold me and make me that. So if I'm getting hit on every side, God, you created the one who formed that weapon. So I'm going to trust you. And if I need to get some kind of lesson here, then, Lord, teach me now and teach me quick because I don't like getting hit. Come on, does anybody like getting hit here? No? Good. I'm in the right building then. Let's move on. I thought I'd have to spend more time there. God is sovereign. The one who created the blacksmith, the one who created the destroyer. He is our God. The one who created the destroyer also has the power to protect us. Verse 17. Ready? Here it is. Now, no weapon. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper. Believe it. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper, even though you might think it did. Even the weapons that you thought prospered, they won't. They didn't. God's purpose and plan was being played out. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Ready? And every tongue that accuses you in judgment you will condemn. For this is the heritage or the inheritance of the servants of the Lord and their vindication, another version says, and their righteousness is from me, declares the Lord. So that tells us, number one, God promises protection. Number two, that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Now let's consider a few things in the text. Number one, consider the word formed. The word formed in Hebrew, put it up there, sis, is the word yatsar, and the word yatsar means to mold into a form as a potter does. 
this is important here for us. The word formed is the word yatsar in Hebrew, and it means to form or to mold. It's a mold that's casted. Have you ever, have you ever gone, did you ever, have you ever had your hand molded? Have you ever gone to put your hand into that concrete or that cement, and then they pull it out, and it's, and it's the exact replica of your hand. They also do it in Hollywood. They make faces and things like that. Have you ever been to the Wax Museum, Ripley's Believe It or Not, or things like that? Have you ever seen the replicas of old superstars? Have you ever seen those things? They're eerily accurate, right? It's amazing what they can do. And so the word or the understanding of the word formed in Hebrew is something of that something of that manner our adversary our enemies watch they form and fashion weaponry against us that is tailor-made that's the idea in the word behind the word here formed the idea here is that the weapons formed are tailor-made to you (laughs) that's something that means watch it now that means that your enemy sizes you up Puts you, in the mo- puts you in the mix, you come out, and there's a form. Because guess what? We all have a form. And the, and the weapons used against us, guess what? They're created or designed to fit you. We should, we should, we should know this is true because how he attacks me might not be how he attacks you. There are specific ways. There are specific ways that our enemy attacks us. Nobody's saying amen here, but it's a fact. How he comes at Elder Brown, he's not going to come at me. They might look similar. I promise you. Elder Brown and I can buy the same suit, different size. And it'll fit him differently than it fits me. Same exact suit, same brand, different cut, different form. Our forms are not the same. So So the devices used against us will not be the same either, even if they look similar. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? That's why we have to be mindful of this. The enemy, man, how many can testify right now that how the enemy attacks you, it just seems, has, have you ever felt like he just has your number, like he just knows how to get you? Somebody, please don't leave me out here by myself. Do you ever feel like you're a subject, like you're his subject matter, like he's just taking notes on you all day? You've never felt that way? Like, I always feel like somebody's watching me. (laughs) You ever felt that way? Some of you are like, I know that song. (laughs) You ever feel that way? Like, man, who's, 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 who's telling you these things? Because even, even things that you thought no one would know. Like, how could it possibly? What? Are you serious? Exactly the, the very thing you struggle with, the very thing that bothers you most, the very thing that's most precious to you. I'm learning. I, 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 one thing in, in 12 and a half, 13 years of pastoral ministry, I, don't, I cannot say I've learned. I'm far from being able to say I've learned about anything. Because God... He, he continues to show himself afresh just, just in new ways to us through his word. And through different seasons, he reveals his grace and his mercy and his power to keep us. So I cringe to say, I've learned. I always want to say, I've learned, but I'm, I'm, I'm yet learning this. I'm, I'm still learning to be mindful of the things that I'm attached to. 
and to not let these things have a hold on me because I've learned that my enemy is astute and his weaponry against me is tailor-made. And because it's tailor-made, I need to be careful that my affections, that my love, my devotion isn't tied to anything temporal. Because as long as the enemy knows, listen, as long as the enemy knows that my praise, my devotion, my service is tied to something temporal, then he's going to attack that thing. People, it's cringeworthy when I hear preachers, talk, you know, who, who, or even believers talk about how the enemy's after my money. The devil ain't after your money. What's he going to do with it? He's the prince and the power of the air. Think he needs your $10? <laughs> He's after my money. No, he ain't. You ain't got enough. Are you hearing me? He's after my health. Why? What's he going to do with it? He's after my family. No, he's not. Well, Pastor, you're off here because I know he attacks my finances. I know he attacks my health. And I know he's attacking my family. I didn't say he didn't. He attacks your, fi your finances. He attacks your family. He attacks your health. I didn't say he didn't. But that's not what he's after. He attacks those things because he knows that you're tied to those things. And when I say you, he knows your praise to God, your devotion to God, and your service to God is what? Intricately connected to those things. What do you mean? When the money's right, you have a praise in your mouth. When the family's good, you're devoted to Christ. But what happens when your praise to God, your devotion to God, is tied to things that are temporal? This is what happens. You can expect the enemy to attack them because he knows, oh, this one's too tied to his money. So if the money's funny, then I'm going to shut his mouth. That's why, oh, God, help us and give us the grace and the capacity to be able to say, come hell or high water, should all leave me, should all abandon me. If whatever come, whatever may come, Lord, I pray that I would, that I would cling to the cross and that your praises would ever be in my mouth, that nothing temporary would be the reason for my devotion, that nothing temporary, that nothing that is passing away would be the reason or the root behind my praise and my devotion. God, if they strip me bare, God, give me the grace and the capacity to be faithful to the end with a house or no house, with money or no money. I will bless the Lord at sometimes. I'll bless the Lord at. We're living in a generation where people stop praising God because the enemy is attacking their family. He's attacking your family because he knows that you'll only be faithful as long as your family's good. God, make us a people that will praise the Lord even when trouble and turmoil hits our family. God, make us a people that will praise him even, with the, even if the money is tight. God, make us a people who can be sick in body and still say until my last breath for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. God, make us a people that know that no weapon formed against me will prosper I'm trying to help you why does the enemy attack those things because he knows your devotion to Christ is tied to him why does he attack your marriage because he knows that you serve the Lord as long as your wife does Some of you have literally said, hey, if she goes, I'll go. 
So Satan's like, ha! Well, just let me get her out of the picture then, and he's done. Oh, God knows as long as, long as, long as, long as, as, long as the money's okay, then you're happy. So let me just touch his wallet. Are you following me? It ought to be your endeavor in life to say, God, nothing temporal. Just, just, just deliver me from all the ties. Lord, just help me not to care so much about these things it's a, because the enemy is going to form and fashion a weapon tailor-made because he knows me. Thank God he doesn't know us as well as God does. But he is astute. <laughs> Hate that. He watches that. Thank you. He watches. Creeper. Terrible. He sees what, what gets you in the flesh. He's like, oh, that right there. Here, let me feed him a ton of this. You're not helping me here this morning. Oh, that got a rise out of him. Here it is. Mm. Tailor made, formed Yatsar to mold into a form as a potter does. Incredible. It's tailor made for us. But thank God that it will not prosper. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Now, sometimes, take note of this, not up there. Sometimes the Lord takes the weapon out of the hand of the enemy. Sometimes God allows him to strike us but it brings about a greater good. Listen to me. Sometimes God will take the weapon out of the hand of the enemy, and sometimes God will allow the enemy to strike a blow. But the good that comes from that blow will far outweigh the pain of that blow. The good that comes from that blow will outweigh the pain that comes from that blow. Are you hearing the word of the Lord this morning? How many, I think all of us can, how many know what it's like to be, take, to take a hard blow from our enemy? Have you been there yet? Has the enemy given you a good one? <laughs> Maybe not hard enough, apparently, because you ought to be like, oh, yeah, let's talk about it. Has the enemy given you a good blow? I, yeah. Was it painful? Maybe not enough. Was it painful? But the good that came from it, though, far greater. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. Now, we got to finish now. Now, watch it now. It says, no weapon formed against us shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against you, he will condemn. This inheritance, put it up there, this inheritance is for God's servants. I know this is too simple for us, right? Let's be clear. This isn't for everybody. This is for God's servants. So here's the question. Are you a servant of the Lord? That word servant in Hebrew means slave. Are you a slave to his will? Are you a servant of the Lord? The word inheritance, watch it, it means an heirloom. It means an estate or our portion. This is my inheritance. This is, an, this is a family heirloom. This is, my, this is my portion because I'm part of the family. This is my inheritance. What's my inheritance? Here it is, that every tongue, put it up there, that every tongue that accuses me shall be condemned. That's number one. That's my inheritance. Somebody say, this is my inheritance. Charles Spurgeon wrote the following. We're almost done. He, he put, the more accusers, the more acquittals. <laughs> the more accusers, the more acquittals. Ooh, love that. The more accusers you have, the more acquittals. The more slander, the more honor. 
So the enemy may slander us as much as he pleases. My God. You ought to lift your hand and shout hallelujah. The, <laughs> the more accusers, the more acquittals. The more slander, the more honor. So the enemy can slander us as much as he pleases. The old gospel song says, I'm going on with Jesus just the same. You can talk about me and scandalize my name. I'm going on with Jesus just the same. And guess what? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me was the greatest lie ever told. The enemy knows that sometimes words will do far greater damage. If we had time, we'd talk about how the tongue, being one of the smallest members of our body, is set on fire by hell itself. Consider the size of a great vessel, a ship, led and driven by such a small rudder. Hmm. Now, Second part of our inheritance is this, righteousness. I love this. I wish I had more time. The righteousness, the righteousness, get this, the righteousness by which we are justified because we're justified by the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness whereby we're justified and the grace by which we're sanctified are the gift and the promise of God. And they're tied, watch, they're tied to the, to the promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Why? Have you ever asked yourself, why can I claim this promise? It's not because you're good. It's not because you're right on your own. Remember verse 14 in context. When you're established in my righteousness, you can live a life free from fear, free from oppression. It's the righteousness of God. This righteousness is from him. We have a righteousness that is not our own. Do you understand this? Because the righteousness is not ours, then the promise can be. Because the righteousness is not our own, then the promise can be. If the righteousness is self, then the promise is not for you. If the righteousness is not our own, then the promise can be ours. If the righteousness is from him, then the promise is also ours. Is it your righteousness or his? is justified by the righteousness of God, sanctified by the grace of God. And this is why I can say no weapon formed against me will prosper. This is the inheritance of the servants of the Lord. What's the inheritance? Every tongue that rises up against me shall be condemned. Number two, righteousness. The righteousness of God is my inheritance. Their vindication, their righteousness, their right standing. Here's another way to say righteousness. Their rightness is from me. Ha! Their rightness is mine. It's not, it's, it's not our own. Thank God, sister, come. Their rightness is from me. Your righteousness is not your own. Is your righteousness from him? Abundant life? Is your righteousness from him? If so, then no weapon formed against you will prosper. When we were singing this song this morning, I could sense the spirit of the Lord. It's ministering so deeply to me. So, so, so deeply to me. Come on, Jason. Come on, D. We're going to do the first song. And, and I wanted to finish early because I, there was such a witness in my soul. We're going to worship here this morning because I know that you're under attack. If you're breathing, you're under attack. If you're breathing, you're under attack. And your enemy's watching, studying you. And what? what is he doing? He's forming. Forming what? Weapons. But guess what? Even he was created by God. And even those instruments 
Even though those weapons, those weapons are nothing more than instruments in God's hand. Ha! If, if, listen to me. I, I, I spent, I spent, I have been spending a considerable amount of time. Give me your, give me your eyeballs. I've been spending a considerable amount of time listening to what I would call modern day preaching. Listen carefully. Even solid teachers. It doesn't have to be heretical. Listen carefully. It doesn't have to be heresy. It doesn't have to be heresy that they're teaching. But a lot of what's being taught and expounded today, even in solid Bible churches, listen to me, it, it, it fails to draw our heart's affection to God. What it does is it, it, it ultimately gives you something that will encourage you and help you and, and thank God for that. But I, 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 hear, I hear a lot of the preaching and teaching now. It's whether, whether they realize it or not, whether we realize it or not, it's centered on us. Are you hearing me? And I began to think to myself last night even, I began to think to myself, what am I going to do when all hell really breaks loose? Be when all the word that I've been hearing is drawing my attention to me. Let me tell you what's going to help you in the day of trouble. Not you saying, man, I'm strong. I got this baloney. You want to know what's going to help you? When you've been trained and when you're constantly redirected. To what? To look where? Within? No. To look That's what's going to keep us. That. And, and let me tell you something else. It's, it's not just in the preaching. It's in the singing. The singing is about us too. I, I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all look real sad right now. Think about this. We call it worship, the giving of worth. But who are we worshiping? How can you worship a God with a song that ultimately exalts you or how you feel. Are you following me? So here's, here's, and it's, and, and here, here's, here's, because our flesh is turned that way. You, you don't even have to try. Our, our, I don't care from the righteous, the most righteous among us. You have a natural bend towards back to self, back to self, back to self. So you're going to be drawn to that. So our prayer should always be, God, redirect my, my attention. Just whoop, just bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. Are you hearing me? Because <clears throat> what's going to help you? What's going to keep you in the day of trouble? <laughs> Nothing else but God. No one else but Jesus. Are you hearing me? All right, stand to your feet, y'all. I'm sorry for that little tangent, but let's, let's, let's sing about his great name, shall we? Because this, this is where we draw strength. We don't draw strength from within. Forget that. I will lift mine eyes unto the hills. I learned it in King James. I'm sorry. I know we don't say whence, but I, I don't know it any other way. I will lift, and it's not only my, it's mine. I will lift mine eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord. Sounds better in King James, right? On, take us in now take us from the chorus what a beautiful name and then we'll sing it out it's all right if we go a little long i don't care worship and let your heart be strengthened by the power of his great name hallelujah what a beautiful name what a beautiful name it is what a beautiful name let your heart be turned to him 
to him. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. Let your heart be turned to him. What a beautiful name it is. Come on, say that. Nothing compares. Nothing compares to this. Oh, what a testimony. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Just lead it, sister. However, however you want to do it, go ahead. Come on. We're going to worship today. Don't care about the time. What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful Hallelujah. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. Your name. Nothing can stand 